Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Mischief Makers, your one-stop shop for all things mischief. Join your host, Dave Hearn, as he finds out what makes mischief, well, mischief. Hello and welcome to Mischief Makers. I am not Dave Hearn. I am Bridie Corrigan, of course, and um, today I have with me the incredible, hilarious, my favourite person in the world, Niall Ransom. Hello, hello. Hi, Niall. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you I'm for the introduction. Good. Oh, you're so welcome. Did you like the words I picked? Um, well, I wrote it, so um, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you got it fine. Um, I did. I got that fine. Enough. Hilarious. <laughs> was a good addition from you. Yeah, thank you. It took me a long time last night to write that. <laughs> it's like, gone down. describe me? How can I be so Probably. flattering? Probably incredible and hilarious. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, let's go with that. They were from a, a mix of a lot of very positive words. What What were the What were the next two that were sort of runners up? Um, well, I had handsome was in there, but um, yeah, of I, I want to you know turn it, bring it back a bit. I don't want to be too big headed at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, um, but now I have been. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, how are you? How are you finding? Um, how are you finding lockdown? Yeah, it's fine. I mean, like um, as I said, it's just sort of like a bad holiday, like a weird holiday. You can't really do anything. I mean, the thing yeah. is, I, I was speaking to a friend the other day, and we were talking about how, in a way, you sort of feel guilty for feeling down at times because mm-hmm. for so many other people, this is a really hard time, and there are a lot of people still working very, very hard to actually having to stay in and read and, and watch Tiger King and that sort of stuff. It's not that bad, is it? It's really? not so, that bad. I know it really isn't. I so know. keep him busy, keep him busy. That's good. Yeah, that is the main thing, isn't it? Keep him yeah. busy. Yeah, and um, how about yourself? You're doing well? Yeah, really well. Fine, actually. Um, but yeah, just exactly as you've said, just just very strange time. Just trying and to fill it with stuff. I'm glad that the weather's got better. Um, yes, the, it, yeah, the weather's really nice now, which is great. It makes the uh, the bad holiday slightly more of a good holiday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, good weather on a holiday is good. Yeah, um, it is good. It could make um, or break a holiday. Well, it could. It has, and it will again, I'm sure, at various points. <laughs> if we ever exactly. go on holiday again. I mean, that's the I question. Know. Who knows? You might just have to go to, you know, Brighton every time. I'd love that. Bring yeah. back the UK holidays. I'm, you know, I'm sure yeah. we'll be doing a lot more UK holidays, and that's great. I know that is good, actually, isn't it? Pitching tents at weird it. beaches around the country, you know, in the in the in a blistering gale, but Maybe still classic things like waking up in a tent to find that a cow has got into your tent, and you're like, ah, oh, classic holiday in England. <laughs> classic English holiday. Yeah. Oh, the rain. Yeah. Well. Let's let's jump in. Um, I'm first of all, I'm going to need from you um, a jingle. Uh, so the the the, the, oh, yeah, the first part is um, getting to know you. So I just need a, a getting to know you jingle 
from you. Okay. Well, I did. I did. I did panic about this a little bit because I thought, God, how am I going to do a jingle? So then I decided to be very creative and cheat, and I searched on YouTube just jingles, and I found a video that oh. says free radio jingles. Um, oh my god! So I think we'll be fine using them. I haven't listened to it yet um, because I thought that would add to the tension. Um, and us oh knowing each other, I think you're just gonna select okay. one. Oh my god! I'm, I'm just, excited. I'm just gonna play it for a few seconds and then I'll cut it out. And Love we'll it. See if we'll see if we think this works as a jingle. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Getting to know you. <laughs> there we go. Oh my god, I'm crying. That was a lot more intense than I thought it would be. I thought it would be like a radio two, you know, quite catchy little jingle. I didn't realise it'd be quite intense oh, house music. So funny. I wouldn't really call that a jingle. I would call it like a <laughs> I don't know what that was. That was like an introduction if I was like doing one of those gigs at a club where I would just turn yeah. up at a club to say hello. It reminds, it reminds me of, um, so me and Niall were in, um, there's actually a, a nativity goes wrong that was written by Mr. Oh, yeah, yeah. And me and Niall, and actually Bodhi, um, all performed in it. And um, Niall's character had to, was a bit like a Trevor character. Yeah, and it was he Sean, bit, Yeah, and weren't you like testing out your... Your well, the, idea, the idea about Sean was he was the techie for the theatre company because he had a DJ set up. And um, I think at the beginning of it, I did a DJ light display on Mary uh, to it. represent the Immaculate Conception. That was it. That's um, what it reminded me of. It, it's, it's very that, isn't it? It's very The music was very similar to that. Yeah. Um, so there you I go. Mean, Nativity Goes Wrong was a, was a hilarious spectacle um, that no one else has seen apart from those few people in Reading. <laughs> God, that was years ago now. I know, I know, crazy. Yeah. Well, anyway, loved the jingle. That was bloody brilliant. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I wanted to to get in with, uh, I don't know, listeners may have noticed that Niall's accent is uh, from Hull. And uh, I wanted the, to know the accent is from Hull, yeah. The accent is from Hull, and uh, what kind of it, it, the opportunities were like there growing up to be an actor? I, I assume you always wanted to be an actor, or did you? Did you want to originally be something else? Yeah, I, I wanted to be an actor from pretty young, really, because um, I was very lucky, and my parents took me to the theatre a lot. I went to see a lot of the whole truck, obviously, and loads at the SJT in Scarborough. Mm. Um, yeah, so I sort of. I sort of spent a lot of time going to those theatres. So when I was younger, I um, knew quite early on. Um, and I was lucky, really. I did, I think I did two drama groups. So I did one on like a Tuesday night and one on a Saturday day. Um, yeah. And they were brilliant. But I think apart from that, um, and I mean, saying that, that's quite a lot, but we had a lot of, I had a, a, a really good amount of opportunities to act when I was younger and be involved in stuff. And, I know in a way in Hull that's got better because you have a lot of companies in Hull now that work so hard and like putting mm. time and effort and, and finance into younger performers like Middle Child are a perfect example because they um, yeah. they have schemes now to sort of help younger people um, get into acting, particularly with things like, you know, auditioning for drama school and, you mm-hmm. know, those things that, I mean, again, when I was younger, as much as I did acting, I had sort of no clue about that world like I didn't really yeah. know it about any of the drama schools maybe bar one or two same so, um, really yeah so it was it was more just like you know doing it at school and one or two groups outside of school that I was in um, mm. so yeah um which was great and again that sort of I always just they were so much fun mm. and I was very much the only person within my friendship group who did it really so yeah wasn't it because you had lots of energy? Was that the reason that you originally got put in the, <laughs> in the Yeah, I did have a lot of energy. Um, I think it was reception, I think, as early as that. I was, yeah, um, yeah I just had a lot of energy. Like, I think my mum had to come into school. Like, she got me fighting with another boy. And I think <gasps> they wanted to 
asked me to move schools. Um, oh no! I'm always I was always really jealous of your story when we met because I was like because you were you told this beautiful story but I was I was really shy and you know mm-hmm. and acting really brought me out of my shell and I really am <laughs> jealous of those those stories because mine was very much like I was just very loud. I think in nursery one day I came in crying because it wasn't my birthday. Um, perfect. So yeah, and then my I had a nursery teacher called Miss Wrigley, Wendy Wrigley, which is a perfect name what for a nursery teacher. Mean? It's a great name, isn't it? And she um yeah, put me in the drama group that her daughter um was in. Mm. And she was like, He just needs to do something that'll tire him out and then he won't have as much energy as in the day. Um, and he won't cry about his birthday anymore. <laughs> yeah, and he'll get over about his birthday. <laughs> oh amazing (laughs) that's so funny so did you have would you say was she a person who sort of then guided you into the whole drama school thing like how did you then become aware of the drama schools and stuff was there a teacher or like well it was that yeah it was that group that miss Wrigley put me in a drama group called uh, I think we were called switch theater company and it Mm. was like uh, you had a younger group and an older group so I went to the younger group for a long time and then moved on to the older group. And I had a, a drama teacher in that called Jane Lindgren. Mm-hmm. And she's the reason really why I did become an actor, because she was very much she was always the person to be like, well, you know, you could you could probably give this a go as a career. Um, she never pushed it upon anybody because, you know, there were loads of people who went to switch who went because it, you know, built their confidence or they just enjoyed going and having a laugh. Yeah. But um I think with me, she could sense that I wanted more out of it. And yeah. I think, again, it was going to places like Whole Truck or the SGRT and seeing players as I got a bit older and thinking, oh, well, these people must do it full time mm. um, as a job. And I think there was one show I saw at Hull Truck. Um, what was it called? I think it was called Big Trouble in Little Bedroom. <laughs> um, <laughs> a Chekhov. Um, very serious piece of theatre. Um, I can't remember really what it was about. I think it was about a lad in a bedroom. And I remember there was a monologue Mm. where a dad sort of raps on a phone. I'm really selling it. It was a really good show. Um, But as a kid, I just thought it was brilliant. And, you know, we'd have a drink in the bar after the show. Mm. Um, Or my mum and dad would. I would also be there. Um, And I was being, you know, quite loud as a child I never really got nervous about going up to the actors after the show and just wanting to talk to them I was must have been very annoying and I think just going up and running up to these actors and sitting there and wanting to chat to them and Mm -hmm. you know I it just made me think well this is what this is what I want to do and then Jane was yeah she was the one who really she educated me and was like well you could apply to these drama schools you could do this you could do that she helped me pick speeches and you know so she's the one I really have to thank for giving me the push i think god that's a bit, yeah it's so nice to have someone doing that but you're um yeah. would you say like that your your family are super supportive though aren't they as well, well yeah they're amazing and, um, like, i couldn't i couldn't be luckier were they, were they always kind of um yeah like happy to push you to do that or did they have other plans for you or was it always oh, no, just like always everyone? always always I, th- I think they were very much like whatever makes you happy what you want to do that is what you'd have you know that's what you have to do like mm. they saw the shows they always drove they drove me obviously to drama group each week and mm-hmm. when I auditioned for drama school you know they insisted on like coming to London or my dad came down to London each time with me I mean I always joke yeah. saying that's because he wanted to go see Lord's Cricket Ground but um <laughs> <laughs> obviously he, he wanted to be there as well and um yeah I've always been very lucky that every step of the way they're just like this is what you want to do, so do it. Because um, again, equally, like coming from Hull, I had, I had a few friends in college who wanted to do drama, and mm. I think I think one lad in particular really stands out in my memory as he wanted to sort of go down that route, but his parents mm. just wouldn't let him, you know, and just yeah. didn't. They his parents loved him, you know, but they weren't. I think they were very much on the. We want you to do a, a career that will give you a. Mm. a solid secure future you know I which I, I you know yeah. I appreciate people having that view um but I, again I was just very lucky to have parents being like go for it yeah what's to lose 
definitely yeah exactly it's as, so as are your parents as well so yeah yeah exactly i was going to say it's so it's so um i think it is such an important a huge factor actually in um in kind of i don't know but yeah being able to do that is is we're very lucky to have supportive parents oh, and yeah, I, not yeah. not everybody does so yeah thanks 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 mum and dad, dad. <laughs> thanks yeah. for that um now you also um are a very keen musician uh you play quite a few keen instruments keen being the word keen <laughs> very eager <laughs> very eager very desperate, I'm a desperate but you, musician. you uh <laughs> you had a band uh when you were when you were younger still do are you yeah. still performing with them we actually had a jam oh, just before the um lockdown about luckily just maybe two weeks before everything sort of shut down wow um, we planned to meet up we had a jam and it was great I mean it's, I think it's been like six years since we last had a gig um yeah. so it was great it was, it was great to just you know sort of you know play a few songs old and new and just hang out really like they're, yeah they're, particularly because um the band is sort of formed of people from different parts of my life but all you know best friends like Jake was my best friend, I guess, since nursery, really, and Jordan since secondary school. Mm. Um, and then Tom, uh, another guy in our band, um, went to drama school with me. So, you know, um, nice to sort of all hang out and play some music again. Uh, which yes. Very so lucky, nice. obviously, just before lockdown, because I know. Uh, all of a sudden now we can't again. <laughs> yeah. You have to do that Zoom thing where you play, just looking at each other on a screen. Well, I mean, we... we we were worried we sounded bad enough all being together, so <laughs> worrying how it would translate on a Zoom call might make us more depressed. I don't know. <laughs> um, and do you think, uh, would you say that having those skills um, as an instrumentalist and, and a singer helped for drama school and also getting jobs post-drama school? Um, well, yeah, I, I mean, I have played music in a lot of jobs I've done now. And, um, you know, I have a lot of actor muso friends who work all the time and they yeah. will, they're playing an instrument as a huge, is a huge part of that. Um, and in a way, I just love it because it's another way in which you contribute to telling a story in a, in a play. And I did a job over Christmas mm. and I think the job over Christmas is the first intense bit of actor music I've done where it's really like multi-instruments playing most of the player playing a song and then leaping into a scene and playing another song and mm. and that was a great challenge but um you know it's, it's it's a real it's another way to be creative and I think I've always been someone who really loves being creative um yeah. again it That's has its really downsides I did a we did um, a Shakespeare in third year Mm. And we did Twelfth Night, and I had to play clarinet in that. My my clarinet is quite old, um, yeah. And the the songs I had to play were fine. They were sort of either in the background of some bits, or I'd have to play to like Orsino. And uh, but there's this one show <laughs> where <laughs> I just have to walk out on stage to start the scene and play like this little like this little few notes on the <laughs> on the clarinet. <laughs> And um, came out, and it the first note that I played, it just squeaked. <laughs> and you could tell everybody in the audience was just like, oh, my God. Oh, and then I was like, guy. don't worry, I'll, pl I'll play the next note, and that'll be fine. And it squeaked again and just sort of squeaked my way <laughs> through the, these notes that sort of... I think people must have left that show thinking, God, what an odd choice to have the actor come out and just not be able to play a clarinet. Did you uh, then, did you make it part of your character? Were you like, right, I'm, I'm a nervous character now, or like, did you just sort of go? I think, right, that I think in that in that moment, I was so mortified that that was <laughs> where my life had brought me to <laughs> stood in front of a room of people squeaking my way through on the clarinet, particularly because it's also a music school. So you know, some of the the, the musicians at that school are some of the greatest musicians, young musicians in the world. In the world, so. Uh -oh. <laughs> to imagine them sat there being like, oh, Jesus Christ, what is this guy doing? That is particularly low status. It uh, was very low status, which has sort of followed <laughs> me through my, my career in terms of characters that I've played. Uh, uh, so, yeah. That but yeah, no, I, lo I, love, I love playing music and I'm really lucky that that's a, 
a part of me and a part of what I get to do because again you know writing music and and getting to input that into um shows I'm in is you know I, I love doing that so it's a lot of fun yeah and that play that you were talking about um where you were an acting musician was was at Scarborough was one of it was the at Scarborough, of yeah. that you went to as a kid was that kind of amazing being back there and this time not kind of watching from the audience but being on the stage there like how did that feel yeah well I have a really really you know big love for that theatre and the SJT in Scarborough is great Um, and I've had a lot of friends now who've worked there and it's just a it's an amazing theatre in terms of community Mm -hmm. like I think you know I think if for me if acting is about anything I think it is that it's about community and that theatre demonstrates that I think better than any place I've worked. Um, and it's just everybody gets along and everybody knows each other. Like you go and do a job there and you'll know the front of the house, you'll know the bar, you'll know the marketing department, you'll know the costume, you know, you'll know the set builders and everybody who works there, you end up becoming friends with. And yeah. um, I I did the 39 steps there a few years ago over the summer and that was the first show I'd done there. And as I said, I grew up watching theatre there. So to, you know, to finally, like I remember the first day we sort of did a bit of rehearsal on the stage and that was a real moment of, wow, I'm, yeah. I'm here. I've, I used mm. to watch theatre here. Now I'm, mm. now I'm here. And um, mm. yeah, there are, I was, um, I spoke to um, Paul. I dropped him an email a while ago. Who's the artistic director of that theatre. And he, what I found out um, and what they've been posting on social media, which is amazing as well, is how many people during this time when they've phoned up sort of refund tickets have said, no, nah, you know, keep the money. We want to sort of make sure that theatre's, you know. Oh, that's okay, brilliant. Which is such a great thing. Yeah, um, it was so important at the minute, isn't it? Because theatres are just losing, I mean, all of their money, all of their income from ticket sales. They're having to give back. And I mean, it's quite scary. Yeah, it is really. Yeah. Um, but it, again, it's sort of out of any bad situation. I think comes some good. Mm. Comes some good, and you know, some really incredible, incredibly positive things can happen. And I think things like that, you know, people turning around and being like, you know, that's what is important to me is keeping these theatres going. So um, mm. I don't want the refund. You know, I think stuff like that is great. Yeah, so, yeah. so good. Now. Uh, can you describe your your journey into mischief theatre? How did? Oh wow! Yeah. How did you? I oh, know quite quite a journey. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, we joined mischief at the same time. Um, we did. So yeah, I, it's very <laughs> mad, really. I mean, we were uh, in foundation, obviously, and then in our summer. Um, after the foundation, we were in, happened to be at the fringe because mm-hmm. Adam Megiddo, um, the head of the Lambda Fs at the time, he sort of very kindly put me and you forward for um, a Shakespeare for Breakfast, which is like a comedy um, show in the morning yeah. uh, for families in Edinburgh. And they were tying it with this new improv show they wanted to do. And we'd expressed yeah. how much we loved improv throughout um, that year with him. So um, yeah. he very kindly put us forward for that. And we got it and we ended up doing that and the mischief just happened to be in the same theater that year sort of they, they were under a different name at the time but they were doing um lights camera improvised the improv show mm. and we went to see that and I, I remember the first time seeing that being like wow this is yeah. a really amazing where you can use improv to make a show like celebrating all that can go wrong in it and I guess that sort of you know, the seeds for what has happened to the company. But that mm. when I started watching it, that's what I took from it is they're really celebrating the moments that actors can't remember the names or someone's fallen over or what Henry Lewis in that one show where he had his fly undone and st- yeah. <laughs> stood on a box yeah. and didn't realise. Um, and then said, when God closes a door, <laughs> yeah. and he like made it this incredible thing in the audience, Amazing. like cheered yeah. at him because it was so good. Yeah, I remember that. So, uh, yeah, and we just, you know, so good seeing that show and at the time very inspiring to be doing, you know, an improv show in Edinburgh for the first time for us. And, you know, we sort of met them a few times at Lambda and they came to see us in the show 
I think on the last performance we did, they came to see the last one. Was and, it? And um, yeah, and then we finished Fringe, went back to London, and they asked us to come in and it was it was sort of I guess half an audition, half a just you know come in for a few rehearsals really. Mm. And then we just sort of carried on going to rehearsals. I remember Henry ringing up to say, "Would you like to?" you know, just continue coming to rehearsals and sort of mm. join. And, yeah. you know, I hadn't I hadn't got into drama school that year. Um, my plan was just to sort of, you know, I just got a job at a coffee shop and was going to sort of work through that year to try and get in. Mm. And Mischief was, yeah, a real godsend then because I was like, well, wow, I've got this other thing mm. I can do and focus on. And, yeah, and then that was yeah. every weekend for the next year was rehearsing and doing the improv shows and then, yeah, and then just joining the company, and it was sort of, it was such an amazing feeling to be like, wow, I'm really joining something that I feel is exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, definitely, and it was really exciting for us because then, after that, obviously we were doing all the lights, camera, improvise, but then, um, then they'd started doing uh, the play that goes wrong, and just as we graduated, pretty much. Oh, so no, it was just as yeah, no. Must yeah, yeah. I we went into it as I graduated. It yeah, was, like, we both got into the the second cast straight away, which was so we had our first West End jobs. Yeah, it was <laughs> of the company together, and it was so great, wasn't it? It was mad because you're not really supposed to do anything outside um, of drama school yeah. um, while you're in drama school, but mm. I constantly did with mischief, and you yeah. know now obviously a lot of my teachers are my drama school know that I did that um mm. but at the time you know I don't think would have been happy at all but I remember telling one of my teachers after they came to see play that goes wrong that I had been doing yeah. mischief shows throughout drama school and he'd sort of laughed and said well it hasn't harmed you has it really but um yeah, exactly but yeah, yeah I mean like it was I I wanted to do those shows because I always knew that the company just do exciting things you know whether mm. You know, when they first opened Play That Goes Wrong, it was at the old Red, you know, and they built the set. They made the costumes themselves. They, you know, yeah. were paying themselves to do it and, you know, paying friends in a way to come and see it. Um, and it didn't matter whether it was in that fringe venue or in a West End theatre. Whatever they're doing is exciting, you know. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's the thing. It's the work and the, the things that they produce is very exciting. Um, yeah. and the venues just again were this added thing that over the years it was like just how big can this get um, obviously <laughs> with each step it was just more and more unbelievable as time went on yeah because I even remember as well, I remember the year was it the year we joined or the year after when we were going up to the fringe again and obviously it had been in C venues as you said for for a long time and then the one of the next year that we went we'd finally got a place at Underbelly and we oh, all yeah. cried, yeah. like everyone sat and cried. And like at the time that was so massive. And now to think where it's gone, you know, even those things, it's it's the whole journey that adds up, you know. Well, and, it's mad. Uh, That's the thing. Like, I, yeah, we go, going up to, you know, a different venue. And then I think the last fringe I remember doing was we were at one of the big venues at the back of Pleasance. And mm. I just could not get over that entire fringe that we were there. Yeah. Like, wow, we're in Pleasance and it's such an exciting show. And I remember spending a lot of that um, Edinburgh thinking about our first Edinburgh, wandering around, being like, wow, what an incredible festival and seeing all these shows and, you know, sort of wanting to be involved. Um, mm. And then all of a sudden being like, wow, we're in this, we're, I'm in the show that I want to be in, in the venue that I think is incredible, surrounded yeah. by all these incredible people. So, no, totally. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> And then um, you've got, speaking of the Edinburgh Fringe, you've you've kind of gone on to start writing your own shows as well. Um, and you took one of those to the Fringe for the past two years, was it? It went, or... it went for one year. So I did it. One it, year. It was in London. Um, yeah. Over Christmas. Um, I think of 20... 17 or 2018 maybe yeah. I can't remember now but it was um it was at the Bunker Theatre um a one-man show called FCU Cared and then yeah it went on to um the Fringe and was at the Gilded Balloon 
which again is amazing because that's such an incredible yeah. venue. I remember being so chuffed that I was like, wow, I get to have a play on there. It's cool. It's so um, good. And that had been that had been developed at because Guildhall do this like amazing thing where in your second year or third year you have to create shows or some of you make your own one man shows, right? Yeah. Which so in your really yeah, in great. Your, yeah, well, it's in your. I think it's in your third year. You do. You can do a thing called a solo piece. So you do like. Um, you have your six shows throughout the year, but you can opt out of one of those basically to write your own piece. And I remember at the time. I mean, I was always interested in writing anyway, so I thought I'd give it a go. But, um, I you know th- there was also a part of me that was like in your third year, mm. getting to write a monologue that's just you for fifteen minutes. I was like, that is a no brainer. That's what you want. That's what you want. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's what you want to see. And yeah, and then you have that month that you would be rehearsing and being in the other player to write um and perform your own piece and they give you like a space in the school and you do like three showings of it three or four I think and um yeah it was just the most rewarding Mm. thing to get to do because Mm. you it it taught me so much in terms of bringing yourself to something because when you write something and then perform it really is like a this is what I'm trying to say um and if someone doesn't like the performance in a play you know that's a very different feeling to well maybe someone doesn't like the performance and the writing that you also did yeah um but yeah and I I I did it at Guildhall and it went really well and people were really kind about it and then I got the opportunity to take it to um the Hague um and perform in Holland at their national theatre which was great um and that was really fun Mm. and I always knew I wanted to sort of because then it was like a 15, 20 minute piece. And I always knew I wanted to bulk it out and make it a, a full play. And then I did. And I, I think it was while I was in comedy about a bank robbery that the opportunity came to do it at the bunker. Um, so my friend, Will Mightum did it. Um, and I directed him in it and he was fantastic. And and again, that was so rewarding getting to sort of have a piece of writing that you've performed, but then hand it on to a friend who you also know yeah. is such a talented actor and see them do completely different things with it and and you know we got a budget and we got a set and it was a proper run which yeah was and yeah. then uh will unfortunately couldn't um, move forward with it as he was um, busy um and then another actor george edwards took over at the fringe and has now finished filming the um short film of it and again like it'd be impossible to pick between Will and George because they're both so good at the part and they both Mm. brought such different things to it. So as a creative, it was really, I was really lucky in that sense to be able to see different versions of it. You know what I mean? Mm. And um, yeah, just being able to create a piece of work and see it through, you know, it's a really really incredible thing. Yeah. How was it adapting it for film? Like that sounds, you know, was it as straightforward as kind of put taking the play and putting it on film, or did you completely kind of change any of the? I guess you changed the text and stuff, made it less. Well, yeah, I mean, kind of wordy, it, or did you? Well, it's difficult, really, because the 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 play is so wordy, obviously, because it is mm. just a monologue and it's mm. written entirely in verse, so it's just, um, it's all about that text creating the visuals for you so mm. in a in a film i guess the the problem we came across is well we don't want it to be a literal thing we still want the text to do that but it not being a piece of theater anymore there's certain things that you you can't do anymore because it's not theatrical enough on film it can be a lot more condensed mm. and i think on film there's so much you can do without text that that becomes a challenge as well because as a writer um i think immediately my job was to not be precious with any of the text and be like i'm willing to lose whatever we need to make this story work so there's been a lot of cutting for the film and we had i've watched the first rough cut of it um, maybe a few weeks ago and our composer pete uh, peter wilson he's with it now so he's going to compose the music Wow. Set, set that and then we'll get to work on cutting it um making some i think brutal but necessary cuts okay. and then hopefully um depending on i guess the current situation we'll be looking to release it 
maybe 2021. I think the idea was to release it this year, but obviously with everything happening, we... Yeah. Yeah. hard to get everyone in a room that's exciting i can't yeah. wait to see it and everyone will be able to watch that in 2021 something to look forward to and that's what's been very... great about that as well is sort of being like you can just make something with your friends like you know it's a yeah. lot a lot of hard work but we just made it and my friend luke who made 505 films mm. um he's just made a film company and just makes you know he's just so incredible how he's just taught himself all this technical camera stuff which mm. i don't have any clue about but yeah. yeah me and have been on the phone a lot now talking about a new project that we've you know something else i've written that we've had an idea for that um brilliant we think might be hopefully good um mm. to focus on beyond um everything that's going on now i think oh amazing yeah. it's amazing you, you do tend to be become quite resourceful as an actor and just go okay well if no one's going to give us a job i'm gonna just make one myself <laughs> well yeah I think that's the thing and I think being in mischief always made me feel like that anyway because you mm. know I was so lucky to go to drama school and love going to drama school but it was such a great reminder almost every weekend to go and rehearse with mischief and be like here are people who've just come out of drama school who are making work for themselves yeah and you know they've all they all have built these incredible careers on yeah. making their own work and being you know just enjoying being in a room together creating things and I think that's um I think that's what's extraordinary about the company is mm. you know obviously it's had this incredible story but at the end of the day it is just friends in a room giving it a go and trying to make each other laugh and I think I've always taken that on board in terms of well I'd rather be trying to make something than sitting around and hoping that the phone will ring well um i'm gonna need you to um get that next theme tune ready because um <laughs> the, jing the next jingle because we're going to questions from the web so i'm questions excited to web. see what the questions from the web jingle is right well it's it's like four minutes 20 so maybe i'll just move it along like a minute okay and, and see, if, see see what okay so here we go so why is it questions from the web questions from the web okay here we go Similar, similar vibe. Oh. Oh. Questions from the web. A bit of vocals in that one. It's <laughs> so oh weird. My God. It's a similar, I have to say, it's a similar-ish vibe to the first. Well, I want to keep within the theme of the show as a, as a whole. I quite liked um, it because it sounded a bit like radio interference. And so, you know, maybe <laughs> questions from the web was, was quite good for that one because it was sort of like, zoo, zoo, zoo. it sounded quite web-like, you know. That's very good. I, yeah, I think I'm going to have to um, listen to this entire thing when we finish because <laughs> I think there's a lot of good material in here. It's so funny. Right, well, yeah. first question from the from the web is from um, at FO4D Harry, which is, what is yeah. your proudest moment? I think that's just in general. In general, wow. Yeah, just out of your whole life. What's your God. proudest moment? It's quite a big question. It's quite a big question, yeah. Um, well, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe to keep within the mischief theme, um, sure. something that I share with you, obviously, which I think is nice, is um, mm -hmm. I think the fa the opening night of Play That Goes Wrong, we did that, will always yeah. be like a really special night. Yeah, um, Purely because, you know, we, we'd rehearsed that play and we'd had such a such a fun time rehearsing it and I know that um people were worried can it be recast because the, the parts are so specific to the people who created them and originated them mm. Mm. but the beauty of the writing in that is is that the jerks there and the comedies there but you sort of can make your own choices I guess to an extent with those characters underneath and mm. we'd really enjoyed doing that and we were so I mean nerves I, we were so nervous that opening yeah. night. Like, I remember Laura, who played Annie, going into her dressing room before and her just being white, like a ghost, yeah. <laughs> and shivering, because uh, she okay. had to go out first. And like, and then finishing the show and everyone in the theatre just stood up and clapped. It was just... I, I, I think all of us had a bit of a tear. And my mum and dad oh, were there. Did. And I did bring it back what we were saying earlier. Like, 
when you when your parents have been so generous and supported you throughout mm. you know it was just such a nice moment I think for them as well to sort of say thank you so much for um letting me give this a go um, yeah. and again special because I think no matter where you go in your career no matter what happens little moments like that little bits of gold you're like wow I, I'll always have that at least and yeah that was yeah, that, such a special night it oh, was a really God. special night and it was. I remember being so full of adrenaline like afterwards after like I think probably because of the clapping and everything I'm sure you oh, were yeah. as well, just, us two yeah. just con- hugging each other and hugging each other and being like <laughs> I also I do remember being at the pub when we were a bit into the run as well I think I remember someone reading that Ricky Gervais had tweeted about it because he'd been in and we screamed in the pub for about yeah. five minutes I know um, but yeah that 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 first night was yeah incredibly special it was great that's a very good very good choice um this is a good one from Daisy if you could get advice from any historical figure who would it be <laughs> oh wow I mean that is a big question um, <laughs> no. I don't really know I don't I don't really know yeah. what um a his, historical figure could or just i guess oh, any maybe. let's just go any maybe any famous person or... um i yeah. um at the sjt one of the yeah. seats um was named for victoria wood um oh. and laura and me laura who was in play that goes wrong we did 39 steps together in scarborough yeah. um and that again that was a very special job and we had a routine before the show which was um, to touch the chair um, that was Victoria Wood's chair because she's amazing. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think I'd probably like to have a chat with her, really. I don't know what advice I'd ask her, um, but yeah, just it would chat. be great. I'd love to check because, again, she's someone who's just so... She balance, she treads that line so well of hilarious and heartbreaking. And, yeah, and wrote and all just, of her own. Yeah. yeah, a prolific writer, so... Be good mm. to just pick her brain, I guess, for a while. Great one. Another great one. Um, okay. Uh, Kiri wants to know, what is your favourite show you've ever done? Um, that's difficult, really. Um, yeah, obviously, I loved doing the Mischief shows. Um, mm-hmm. It'd be weird not to mention them or say I didn't enjoy them on this podcast. I mean, they're incredible, incredible shows to yeah. um, get to be a part of. Um I think my favourite show might be 39 Steps in Scarborough. Um, oh, yeah. I, th- I just, I, being in that theatre was such a big thing for me, like a real special um, place. Mm-hmm. And Paul, who directed that, like the rehearsals for that were unbelievable because the, the freedom we had to mm-hmm. find our own gags in that show and really, because he wanted to do it in the round, so it really was reinventing that show. Um yeah, I just and and Laura, who you know, who I was yeah. in that with, is just one of the most generous, funny, brilliant actresses and people I know. So you know, yeah. was, um, working with yeah. her um, was brilliant. Plus, you're in Scarborough. If any actors are listening to this and get the opportunity to work there, do it because if it's the summer and you've got two shows, you can go to the beach in between shows. We'd go down to the sea. It was amazing. Oh, that is cool. That is proper cool. Yeah, um, right. And also, you got to multi roll, which I think we haven't really talked about. But it, that I I re, I love multi rolling stuff. Oh, you get it's amazing! To play like yeah. twenty characters in one show, and that's re- that was you got to do that on that show, didn't you? Oh yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, like getting to play, you know, come out in a suit at the beginning and sort of be like Mister Memory, and then in the next scene, put on these huge fake breasts and be this, you know, cleaning lady. Like, I just I love that because. Again, you sort of feel like you're doing, you know, it's the comedy I loved growing up when I was younger, sort of those older, more slapstick humour, um, getting to feel like, oh, I'm doing this as well. And, you know, adding my name to the mm-hmm. um, to the list, hopefully, or in somewhere. But um, yeah, multi-rolling is, I guess it's, I guess it's all I've done, really. I mean, everything yeah. I've done has been multi-rolling, but yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love that. And uh, Bethany asks, do you have a favourite lights, camera, improvise show that you remember? Oh, yeah, that's really difficult. Um, I'd used to, when I was, um, when we did it regularly, I used to keep note of them. I used to write them down. So I had yeah. the, 
uh, the title and the theme and the setting, and I'd sort of write a little biog on what happened in the show. Yeah, and you I'd had over think, hundreds. Oh, yeah, we, we did yeah. we did hundreds of them. And yeah. I think, actually, it's one we always say we really love. We did a superhero movie yeah. in our first Edinburgh. And what was he called? He just had like, ra- he was like, I guess he was like Cyclops. He had like radioactive eyes, but he was called like yeah. radioactive eyes man. Or e- X-ray vision man. X-ray That's vision it. man. X-ray vision man. And we did, I mean, which, um, yeah, that was just such a fun show because you have those shows every so often where everything just seems to fall into place and everybody somehow just knows what to do. Mm. And like yeah the, the, those moments are so good in a show and I think we had a moment where I had to leap off a building and fly and I think I bent to jump and everyone ran in and just picked me up and everyone in the audience went mad because it just is one of those things where it was either gonna work or it wasn't and mm-hmm. it was like 90% probably not gonna work but for whatever reason everyone was on it and rushed in and um yeah that extra vision man that was a great show that, that was I knew I thought you might say that one that was that was mm. a really good one I remember it and final question um is from Harry Kershaw is uh, why is uh, Harry Kershaw your favorite member of the company well how could he not be he's everyone's favorite um <laughs> he's Harry Kershaw the nation's sweetheart as he refers to himself um of course he's I, got, yeah he's got it on a plaque at his house I think the nation's got sweetheart, it tattooed, I think yeah I think on his body yeah, I know. Yeah, he's got it on his body. He's got a blue plaque up outside his high house. <laughs> Harry Kershaw <laughs> lived here. Lives um, here now. Do not disturb. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we need uh, we need one more we need one more theme tune because we've just got time for oh, the quick fire round. I'm very nervous about this, both the jingle and the quick fire round. But oh, I'll move it along good. to near the end and see what we get. Right. Great. Okay. So, quick fire round. I have a feeling it's going to be similar. <laughs> yeah, me too. I think it'll be pretty much the same. Your station. Quick fire round. If only that this section was called station, that would have been perfect. That but... would have been brilliant. Yeah, but well, less. Here we go. Are you ready? You just uh, got to. Maybe. First question, first answer that comes to your head. Okay, here we go. Uh, what's your favourite colour? Blue. Uh, what's your spirit animal? A fox. Yes. What's the Who's the bossiest member of Mischief? Henry Shields. <laughs> Who is most likely to corpse on stage? Um, you. <laughs> is it Jaffa cake, a cake or a biscuit? It's cake. It says it in the title. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, what is your favourite film? Oh, um, the Grand Budapest Hotel is the first one that came to mind. Interesting. North, south, east, or west? It's a weird North, one. obviously. Yeah, of course. And uh, finally, who would be the best mischief person to be trapped on a desert island with? Oh, that is really difficult. But I'm yeah. gonna say, I'm gonna say you. We've lived yeah! together. So I think it makes sense that we know it would work. We would, um, I mean, it would be, it would be so easy because exactly. We've got nine years experience. I mean, I do, I do think we still would be useless. I mean, I, I'm thinking back to me, you and our then housemate, Jeremy, um, screaming <laughs> while we tried to hoover up a spider. <laughs> so I doubt, I doubt me and you on an island will lead to many heroic moments. But um, No, and I hate I to think of the spiders on the desert island. Well, I don't think we'll have a hoover with us either, so I don't know what we'll do. <laughs> I think we would immediately um, sort of give up on trying to get back and we'd just sort of be like oh well we might as well just live here now yeah I think we'd just have to we'd spend the first few weeks recycling in jerks about um, living together before uh, that no one else (laughs) would find funny and then I think we'd just eventually give up maybe one day we'd just be like well let's lie down and that's it Build a sandcastle. That's it. <laughs> Build a sandcastle. What have we done? Well, we've told each other jokes. We tried to hoover a spider, um, and we built a sandcastle. Um, 
It's not very Lord of the Flies, but um... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be yeah. it. Oh, brilliant! Well, well, that's it. That's all we've got. We've got time for. There but... you go. Well, a lovely catch up. A lovely catch up. Thank you so much for doing this. And, that's fine. Um... It's just like you ringing me up to catch up, but we're just going to put it online. But we're gonna, exactly, <laughs> and dig a bit further into you know what time was like at Guildhall. Yeah, you know, why yeah. not? Um, perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on, and thanks everybody for for listening. Uh, do keep an eye out for the next episode, and you can follow the latest in the mischief world on Twitter at Mischief Comedy. So yeah, thank you. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.